Christmas time. Who's glad to sort of you're getting towards the end of the year? <laughs> we might say that every year. This year, is, it's, it's a little bit like that. We sort of started at the beginning of the year. It was like uh, that last season looked like it was over and then all of a sudden it was back for a few months. Sort of took the sting out of, out of it, I thought, a little bit. I'm so excited about next year. So excited about next year. Um, but right now, we're at, I think, what is the, the turning point of the year. I know we often talk about New Year like that, but I actually think Christmas is. If you think about it, it's the turning point of all history. It's the turning point of human history. And, uh, and what we've sort of just been through in this season collectively, however you've been affected, one thing without doubt, one of the worst feelings that we can have as human beings, no matter what's causing it, but is simply the sense of not having control. Not having the ability to somehow create the circumstances that you want. To live in the circumstances you want. To live the way you want. Whenever there's a sense of loss of control, a sense of powerlessness and helplessness begins to creep in. And, uh, and we've been through quite a season of that. I remember, just for example, I remember at one point, early in the, uh, early in the lockdowns and everything that was happening in 2020, I sort of got a bit jack of it after a couple of months and we were on the highest restrictions we were for those couple of years. I don't know whether you can remember it, but you weren't allowed to go more than 50 k's. That's as bad as it got in Queensland, so thank goodness we're not in Melbourne. But that's as bad as it sort of got in Queensland. And I remember at one point thinking, no, I've got a perfectly good excuse for going bush. I'm going to say I'm going out to work on a farm because I was going to go out to a farm and if I get pulled up, I'm just going to say I'm going to work on a farm. I got permission from the landholder, I got the ute all loaded up, I got as far as Toowoomba Airport and I thought to myself, honestly, I think it was the Holy Spirit, said, Chris, what makes you think you're so special? No one else can do this. What makes you think you're so special? And I just got so convicted of my arrogance and pride that I was just going to go do something, even though I could fudge it, I could, you know, I could make out. And I've got no doubt that I would have had an excuse and been allowed to go. But I thought there's a whole heap of other people that don't get the opportunity to do this. And I think my place is with them <laughs> at that time. But I tell you what, it's a terrible feeling. And there's sort of, I think, there's a bit of a residual effect of that. That helplessness, powerlessness, everything being shut down, somehow our world being a little bit smaller. Last week, I think I used the term, or the week before, the invasion of the head shrinkers, that sort of thought. And, you know, if you look at our whole world, our whole world kind of suffers from this. Whenever there is injustice, whenever there is a sense of lack of control, whenever there is a sense of brokenness that enters in, a, a sense of helplessness can come upon us. Where it's like, what is going on? Who's, who's said recently, like, what on earth is going on with our society? Just some of the stuff you see out there, and it's like, what are we thinking? What are people thinking? And I, I don't think I need to give us any specific examples, because we've probably all seen something in recent times where we've just shaken our head and gone, the world has lost its way. And have you ever thought in the middle of all that and all this stuff, God, why don't you just do something? <laughs> have you ever had an honest conversation, honest conversation with God? If you haven't had an honest conversation with God like that, you've never been sick enough. Yeah. 
You've never been disappointed enough. You've never been betrayed enough. You've never had some of those human experiences that are common to us all. And really all you need to do is hang around probably for it to one day be your experience. Your experience might not be my experience, but we all tend to experience the highs and the lows. And at some point, if you've experienced a low enough low, you will have said, God, why don't you do something? (laughs) And I guess this is the point of what we celebrate at Christmas. This is the, the point of the incarnation. The Word becoming flesh is that God has done something. So we want to read from John. I want to start in John, then we're going to go to the Christmas story in Luke. But I want to start reading in John this morning for us. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. And John uses very spiritual language. Um, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. And John is referring right back there to Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. The first three words in scripture, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void. And the spirit of God hovered on the, over the face of the deep. And then God said a word. So that's what John's referring back to. He's saying, this word that was at the beginning that created all things. And he says, of that word, in him was life, and the life was the light of man. Bit of light would go well in our society at the moment, wouldn't it? (laughs) Notice people are trying to extinguish it pretty desperately. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That is good news. You know what that tells me? That tells me that God gets the last say in the story. No matter how dark things get, no matter how out of control, no matter how frustrating, disappointing they get, the darkness will not comprehend what God is doing in the middle of it. And believe it or not, history would show us this. Believe it or not, in the last 2,000 years, believe it or not, the world has actually been a darker place at times. I wasn't around during the First World War. I wasn't around. But it must have been a terrible time when you look at the statistics just in Australia. There wouldn't have been a house or a neighbourhood in this country that didn't know a young man that died prematurely for, for no gain whatsoever for just political purposes. What a tri- there has been darker times. At the same time that the First World War killed 60 million people, the Spanish flu killed 40. And they're just the ones they could count. Have there been darker times? There has been darker times than what there is now. And maybe there will be darker times again. But the one thing that prevails <laughs> is the light that comes from the Word of God. So I'm going to go on and just read a little bit more, and that's verse 14. And it speaks of what we talk about at Christmas time, the incarnation, God becoming flesh. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So here we have this eternal Word that's spoken, that created all things, has now been spoken 
into human flesh. A little bit hard for us to comprehend. And the Bible calls it a mystery. And it's really, really important that we as faith people understand it's okay to have mystery. We live in it continuously. How does God work? Well, you come up with the answer to that and you will be a really rich person. Lots of people have written books about how he does. <laughs> but no one's got a corner on God, have they? And so uh, the Word becomes flesh and when words, God's Word enters, this is the one thought I want us to get, when God's Word enters, so does light. As a matter of fact, the psalmist says in Psalm 119 verse 130, the entrance of your Word brings light. So in a dark place or in an uncontrolled place or a place where you feel frustrated because it's not happening the way you want it to, you can't control your circumstances, can I just encourage you with this word? The entrance of God's Word brings light. If you feel like you're living in a dark place or a dangerous place or an unstable place, the entrance of God's Word brings light. So I want to speak to us today about what to do when you feel powerless. What to do when you feel powerless? To tell you the truth, can I be really, really honest? That is just an internet title. Because if you title what people might search, more people will see it and potentially listen to it. The real title of the message is the power of the incarnation. The power of God's word coming in human flesh. And can I just say from the outset, God didn't want it to just happen once. So that's where we're headed with the message. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. I'm going to read a bit of scripture. Can we cope with that? I've just got to brighten my screen, otherwise I won't cope with that. Okay, here we go. Luke chapter 1. This is the Christmas story. Who wants to hear the Christmas story at Christmas time? Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Is it okay if I read it in my story voice? Would you rather me read it boring? Okay. Story voice. Everyone said story voice. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. So she's engaged to Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. So this is an announcement coming to, you know, a, a young, probably quite a young teenage girl betrothed in marriage to a man. They hadn't come together. They hadn't been married. They probably barely knew one another. And the angel is coming and saying, this is what's going to happen. Number one, you're going to give birth to a son. He's going to be great. He's, she's thinking totally in the natural, how can these things be? Like this, this, this shouldn't be happening right now to me. We'll go on with the story. So she says, how can this be since I don't 
know a man. In other words, it's impossible from a natural perspective. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who was born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, who has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And we know that the Christmas story goes on and Mary falls pregnant and, uh, and that causes some consternation to Joseph, her betrothed. And, uh, and we know the story sort of works itself out from there. The whole Christmas story, then the whole redemptive story of everything it is to have faith in Christ and to know what it is to have a hope for our future. That whole story flows from this passage where Mary says, even though I don't understand it, I'm going to receive the word that you're speaking to me. I have no idea how this works. I have no idea why it would be me. But I'm going to receive that word. And from there, the whole... Re- Which makes you ask the question, what would happen if Mary said no? What if Mary, what if Mary had said, it's a little bit much, Lord. It's a little bit too much for me to absorb. I don't, I don't think I'm ready. Well, I haven't read my Bible enough. I'm not studied enough. I'm not gifted enough. I'm not talented enough. Am I not pretty enough? That's a, that's a blast from the 90s, isn't it? Whatever. Name your excuse. What if Mary had said no? The story, as far as we know it, would have stopped right there. There was no guarantees. I love this about God. You know, when God asks us to have faith, it's because he has faith. You know why nothing but faith pleases God? Because that's literally his currency. It's literally his language. So God goes to this Jewish virgin girl who's betrothed but doesn't know a man literally, probably doesn't really even know Joseph very much personally, the way things were done in those days, probably an arranged marriage, etc., And God comes to it in full faith that she'll say yes to the most incredible thing human ears have ever heard. (laughs) Don't you love it? What about us? How are we at receiving something that we might not feel worthy of, might not feel prepared enough for, might not feel capable of running the ball with? How do we go when God speaks to our heart? Because that's what he wants to do. If we, we want to talk about breaking out of the power of hopelessness or what to do when you feel powerless. It all begins with the entrance of a word that brings light into the situation that we're in right now. And I'm not sure what situation... Some of you are facing major health situations. Some of you may actually just be believing for a child right now. So this story has high relevance to you. Believing for a door to open in business or a door to close somewhere that needs to close to, to keep the darkness out. Whatever it might be, I want to encourage you. It all begins 
the way Mary's story begins. She wasn't a robot. She had a free will. She could have said no if she wanted. That's the only way we can practice love is to have free will. You can't have love outside of it. You're a robot. Mary wasn't a robot. She had the opportunity to say no, but she didn't. She was certainly no one special in her own eyes. But isn't it funny how people who are no one special in their own eyes seem to be the perfect person in God's eyes? So if you're sitting here today, this is the irony of how God works. If you're sitting here thinking that you're highly worthy, you're probably disqualified. And if you're sitting here today feeling like it's not you, it probably is. (laughs) And it wasn't the easiest path. Just the social pressure that she and Joseph would have faced. The social setting, the very social setting of consciousness of sin, the resulting shame. There was certainly no honeymoon period for them. And yet she said yes to it all. Verse 38, let it be to me according to your word. And think about it. A humble yes brought about hope for all humanity. We're talking about it 2,000 years ago. And literally billions of lives have been changed by the message since. And it all came from this young Jewish girl saying, let it be to me, not according to my desires, not according to my fears, not according to my shortcomings, not according to my concerns, not even according to my talents and the good bits. Let it be to me according to your word. Because that transcends any shortcoming that we have. So what to do with the word? you ever had a God speak a word to your heart? That would be, I think most of us in the room, some of us might be on a journey and that might not have been your experience yet. I'm really praying that by the end of this message it will be, that you'll actually hear very clearly God's word resounding in your heart. God's beginning to speak to you. But what do you do with that? What do you do when it begins to happen? Well, I'm just looking at Mary. First thing was she received it. So God begins to Have you ever had an argument with God when God's word comes knocking? I know for myself, I've stopped praying at times when God's spoken to me because I don't want him to keep going. Come on, let's be honest. Who's ever rebuked God, thought it was the devil? Who's ever called God Satan? Come on, be honest. Some of you are looking at me like I would never do that. But there's times when I know I've gone, get behind me, Satan, and I knew it was God. It's like, don't stop me doing this. Don't stop me. This is where my desire wants to take me and you're speaking to me so clearly. What do you do when the word comes to you, when you know that God is speaking to you and he's got a higher road for you to travel? Receive it. Isn't it that's how we're born again, isn't it? Like, There's no mystery to being born again. There's no mystery to that incredible, spiritual, powerful encounter of inner transformational change that starts as a seed and blossoms into a tree that provides shelter for many. Really, it's just opening your heart and receiving the word. Okay, if, if Jesus is the saviour of the world, I accept that, I receive that. And then boom, something starts to happen. Something starts to grow. The entrance of his word brings light. 
And all of a sudden, everything starts to turn to light. Come on, who's experienced? Mine was 37 years ago, 37 years ago, and it is still as clear as a bell in my head that everything began to look different. The grass started to look greener. The birds got chirpier. All of that stuff. I started to see people different. I started to see my selfishness contrasted with the humility of Christ. And I realised I had choices to make. If I wanted to receive the word, I had to continuously move towards that other image. Not who I was, but who God is calling me to be. Come on, is that you? So how long, could, could I just ask us, like, especially if you've been around a while like me, how long since you've received a fresh word? That's quickened faith, that's taken faith, where it's like, Lord, is that you? Really, could you be asking this? Because sometimes as you've been on the journey for quite a while, you get a bit weary. Maybe you've taken a faith step and it, it didn't work out the way you thought it would. Man, I've been there. Felt like God spoke to my heart so clearly. And going, God, where's the result? That seemed to go backwards. That didn't seem like the best decision at the time. And you can get weary of that if you're not careful and you stop receiving. You listen, you just don't receive. I think this is why Jesus said to his audience again and again and again and again, he who has ears to hear. It's like, come on, Jesus, what else are ears for? They're not to hang jewellery off, even though the girls are really good at it. And some of the boys. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, Jesus, why would you say that? It's because you can actually listen without hearing anything. And this is, this is what Mary presents to us. It's like she received it. Let it be to me according to your word, transcending any feelings I might have about myself or my circumstances or what that word might create. I receive it. And we've got to continue receiving the word in faith. Literally letting scripture and the Holy Spirit breathe on it, bring it alive to our hearts. Hey church, we're all journaling, aren't we? Is this what we do? And letting the Holy Spirit breathe a word fresh to your heart and go, oh Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Not, here's how Jesus put it, not my will, but your will be done. And I tell you, this is the beauty of it. If you're struggling with vision, if you're struggling with a sense of purpose, if you're even just struggling with a sense of motivation, I tell you what, this is my secret. Get a fresh word from God. As soon as God speaks to my heart, I come alive. You can ask people, I came in here dragging my feet last night because for some dumb reason, when I try and eat reasonably healthy, at like eight o'clock at night, I had four leftover sausages for dinner. <laughs> I didn't sleep real well and I didn't wake up feeling real well. And I even said to Levi, before I get up to preach, you might have to slap me right between the shoulders and make it sting just to wake me up. But man, I start talking about scripture, I start talking about Jesus as the word implanted in our hearts and vision begins to flow and faith begins to flow. The lights come on every time. Come on, who needs some lights turned on? Are you just living right in the spotlight? Well, that's awesome. We rejoice with you. But for lots of us, there's areas. Lord, in my marriage, with my kids, with my finances, with my health, with my relationships at work, whatever it might be. Lord, I need the light to come on. 
And man, when you receive a word from God, that's exactly what happens. Second thing I see Mary do, she lived it. I mean, it was unavoidable once she accepted it. Girls, you know, once you're pregnant, you can't get unpregnant. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So once she said yes, she had to live it. She had to walk away through that pregnancy. You've got to actually incarnate the word that comes into your heart. That's what Christians are. They're little incarnations of Christ. I'm not saying they're Christ. Please, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we're little gods. What I'm saying is Jesus is now resonant in our heart. And everywhere we go, we take him with us. And the only way that we can show people him is through our actions and our words, the way that we treat people, the way that we graciously serve others, the way that we forgive when a world might not forgive. We have to live it. We have to incarnate. I've got to say, I saw that just last night was an example. And I'm looking around this morning as people are coming in and I saw so many volunteers who were here last night till like nine o'clock last night, straight back here this morning, serving and loving people. People who were here, not for themselves last night, actually, even though there was a big party going on, someone had to make it happen. And we did, we had so many people from the community. So the, the bulk of the people, hundreds and hundreds of people, the bulk of them were from our community that aren't regular in church. And people served them and I look around and I think, wow. Now I'm also scared about that. So can I reiterate what Levi said about getting on a team? Please don't hesitate to go to the volunteers hub. But I actually saw people living it. You know, I saw Mark and Kylie Cooper, and they're going to, I don't know whether they're here today, so I'm, oh, they are, right there. They're going to hate me saying this. You know, her love served, ran our kids' church, and are still hugely involved in it. Have done, I have no idea, Mark, I know I've asked you this before, but it's got to go right back into the early 90s or even maybe earlier. And they're in the kitchen, washing up at 9, 8.45 or whatever it was, you saw me eat the sausages, you should have stopped me. (laughs) But you know, just living it, just living this incarnation, Christ has touched my heart and I must touch others. I think Jesus put it this way, your life is no longer, or Paul did, your life is no longer your own, you are bought with a price. That word that comes, man, that cost Mary. It actually took from her. She had to give that seed life. And that's why we should honour Mary. She had to give that seed life as that baby grew in her womb. She lived the word implanted. And can I just encourage us, challenge us? What's God put in your heart? And how are you living it out? How are you incarnating Christ in your circles of influence? Whether that's a workshop floor or whether that's a a mum's playgroup, whatever it might be. How are we actually living out this word that has turned the lights on within us? And finally, are you okay? You doing okay? And finally, you've got to grow it. Got to grow it. And think about this in Mary. Literally, Christ was formed in her. If I wanted to be theologically correct, Jesus was. Christ is eternal. 
Jesus is the, the man side of the God-man. So Jesus is literally formed in her womb. All the little parts coming together and stuff. And years ago, I looked at this. I remember when we were pregnant. Like, pregnancy is no small thing, is it, darling? It was for me, but it wasn't for you. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, the, the lady bears the brunt of it. Can we agree with that still? That will be in dispute soon. But anyway, right now, we can still agree with that. Our society's lost its mind, so it's going to go there. Um, you know, there's, a, there's a, a hormone that a woman's body generates, comes from the uterus, etc., called relaxin when a girl gets pregnant. And it, it's there to, to do exactly what it says. It relaxes muscles and it causes joints like to, to become really elastic in preparation for the birth. So literally, ladies, and those that have, you know, who've been through this process, you know, your, your body takes on all these changes and the body's actually preparing itself to stretch and to change and to accommodate a birth, which is a crazy miracle to, to, to witness. And the question to me for us, I guess, is how flexible are we? How, how ready are we to stretch to accommodate, to be moved, to even have something, I've, I've heard of this happening, but something put out of joint. Ladies sometimes can put a back out or a hip out or whatever, giving birth because the relaxin has made everything ready to, to move. What about us? Are we ready to move? Are we flexible? Because over time, I don't know, maybe I'm only speaking to those of us who've been around a while, but over time you can become inflexible. And it's not a choice. You don't choose, generally. Sometimes you might, you know, you might get offended and close off and it's a choice. But most of the time, it's not. Most of the time, it's just atrophy. Most of the time, we just get a bit tired. Sometimes we can get a little bit lazy. We, we start forgetting some of the old waypoints, some of the things that used to quicken our heart about serving Jesus and loving Him. And before we know it, we lose that ability to stretch where God wants us to go. It's like, I want to put something in your heart, but you've got to be able to give birth to it. You've got to let it grow within, and then you've got to be ready to bring that thing into the world, literally to incarnate what I've put in your heart. You know, when I look at, I guess, people that have, have just sown their lives into areas, again, just using Mark and Kylie as an example, it could only happen because they got something in their heart. For some of you, that's, that's a business. For some of that, that's your relationship and you need to get back to it. Once upon a time, it was the most important thing in the world. And if it's gone to second, second place, it's where you need God to refire that thing that he put in your heart. And this is the hope of Christmas. Because it can all seem like it's out of control, beyond our control. Can I just say, it ain't. Nothing's behind his, beyond his control. For with God, nothing is impossible. But what has to happen first? You need to get a bit of a word in your heart. You need to have a listen to what God's saying and embrace it and don't be afraid of it and don't feel unworthy of it. But say, Lord, if that's you, yes, me, I receive it. Let it be according to your word. Not my inadequacies, not my fears. Let it be according to your word. And change is possible 
anywhere. No one is at the mercy of their circumstances with a word beating in their heart. You have a sense of what God's speaking to you about your life in this season. You will never be at the mercy of your circumstances. You'll have an anchor for your soul that pulls you through your darkest day. Paul talks about this happening in us in Galatians 4, and he says it like this. My little children for whom I labour in birth again until Christ is formed anew. Paul had planted this church in Galatia. Some false teachers had come in, messed up the people. They were losing their faith. And part of Paul's response and letter to them is like, it's like I'm giving birth to you once again. (laughs) But I'm going to labour until that seed that went in, until Christ is formed in you, until you actually become fully pregnant with what God really, really has for you. It's a weird thought, boys, but hang with me. That is what God wants to do. Because His Word within you, it begins to incubate begins to turn into something that we have to work out in our world or give birth to. And that's what Paul's saying. Man, I'm labouring for the church. I want this whole thing to come together until Christ is formed in you. So come on. Are you you ready to receive it? For those of us who already have words, do we need to return to them and say, Lord, quicken this in me once again? You spoke to my heart, but the embers of a few fires gone by have hidden it under the ashes. Blow on the embers once again. Let your word come alive in me. Come on, if there's ever a time to celebrate God's word alive in our hearts, it's Christmas. This is the Christmas message. God's word came to human flesh. In another place, John says a little bit further on, and we beheld His glory. It became visible what God was doing. Come on, God wants things that He's doing in your heart, my heart, to become visible. To take on flesh and blood, to walk among us. Dreams and opportunities and ministries, whatever it might be. Colossians chapter 1, Paul says this simple statement, it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Jesus said of us, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And this is the power of the incarnation. This is the power of Christmas. It's not only Christ being born of Mary, it's Christ being born in us. And you might be saying, well, Chris, I already know that. I got born again years and years ago. I know Jesus. What's fresh in your heart? You know, I love you today. This isn't a rebuke. You okay? You doing okay? trying to stir us. Man, if there ever was a time to get a fresh word, it's right now. If ever there was a time to let God put something down in here, get it in there so it's already growing for 2023. Don't start the year flat-footed. I'm, I'm really buzzing seriously about next year with vision for next year. I'm trying to take you on the journey. Is that okay? Get something in your heart. Let God stir it up. So here's a couple of questions for us. You know, you might say, well, I'm no one special. That's fine, neither was Mary. Well, what God requires of me might not be the easiest path. 
seldom is. True? Seldom is. And I know you're not a robot. You've got an opportunity to make a choice. So first question is, are you open to Jesus putting a word in your heart that reorientates your life? You know, Jesus, He isn't an add-on. As, as much as we sometimes want to make Him that, He's not an add-on. He reorientates our whole life. He just changes our direction, direct our trajectory totally. 